VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Bloomberg, sound off. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Bloomberg, sound off. With Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Postponed. President Trump and President Xi Jinping might have to delay their meeting until December, and it could be outside of the United States. Wall Street didn't like that news, but still optimism on the U.S.-China trade front. Meanwhile, the latest on the impeachment front, as Republicans are considering including the Bidens in President Trump's impeachment trial. How quickly this could expand outside of Speaker Pelosi's purview. And the latest on that impeachment inquiry, diplomat describing Trump aides escalating pressure on the Ukraine. But will it change anything or will it end up being a headache for the Democratic senators running for president. We have some of the best in the business right here in studio. Greta Van Susteren back. She is the chief national political analyst for Gray Media, host of the new program Full Court Press, and a good friend of mine. Greta, we're thrilled to have you here. Josh Galper is here, co-founder and partner of public relations firm Trident DMG and the law firm Davis Goldberg and Galper. And Ryan Williams, Republican strategist, executive vice president at Targeted Victory. Lots to get through. Greta, congrats on the new show. Thank you very much. And should I just start talking right now about how the last time I was here, I got sick and had to bolt from the room and threw up in a trash (laughs) can in the Bloomberg newsroom. So humiliated, but I'm back tonight and I feel healthy. And And uh, we're thrilled you're healthy. And it was just a (laughs) testament the last time you were on. You held it together pretty good, though. That was, oh man, that was like the most embarrassing thing. It was pretty dicey during the commercial breaks, but on the air you held it together. I was like, wow, what a trooper and what Um, a tour de force in journalism and strength. Can I just thank the Bloomberg newsroom for not yes. leaking it to like playbook like you know seen <laughs> spotted Greta Van Susteren losing everything in the newsroom you know I don't even think Lippman would have been able to to, to believe that story had we told him that one Greta. anyway so much uh, welcome uh, thank you for welcoming well what's back on to the, the show this weekend because uh, uh, the were mayor Pete me- Mayor really? Pete. Yep. And, and I'm going to interview him and uh, find out uh, why it is that he thinks he should be the next president. Well, we can't wait to see that interview as well. All right, folks, let's start with impeachment because uh, there's so much to get through today. They continue to release these transcripts uh, one by one. And there was another diplomat uh, in a transcript that was released today. According to the Bloomberg Terminal, the top U.S. diplomat in Ukraine gave the House impeachment inquiry a detailed look 
at escalating efforts by a core group of President Trump's ad advisors to pressure Ukraine to open a politically motivated investigation. William Taylor, who took charge of the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine after the former amb ambassador was ousted in May, told the committees that he thought that phone call back in July sounded like a good idea as Ukraine sought to strengthen its fight against the Russians. Josh, you know, we were talking about this, and you're a Democratic insider. We were talking about this in terms of whether or not we think voters are following and obsessing over the release of these transcripts. I'm not sure they are, Josh. So they're probably not following every single detail as they as they come out and as and following kind of what the, what the greater illustration is on the details as opposed to what they heard come out of the depositions initially but the but they are following the higher level point here which is that something really bad went down in that phone call uh between uh the president and the president of uh ukraine and this is putting all all greater weight on all of it and they are getting concerned about it increasingly we're seeing that in in polling numbers certainly when you look at the support for impeachment earlier today uh, house in uh, house intelligence committee chairman adam schiff the democrat from california i uh, was talking to reporters just about where things stand in the impeachment inquiry and he told the press that open hearings are going to begin one week from today so, so buckle up, everybody, because the, <laughs> granted, the halls of Congress are going to be packed once these public hearings begin. Take a listen to Adam Schiff from earlier today. Here he is. So those open hearings will be an opportunity for the American people to evaluate the witnesses for themselves, to make their own determinations about the credibility of the witnesses, but also to learn firsthand about the facts of the president's misconduct. Ryan Williams, Republican, if you are in the halls of Congress or a staffer briefing a Republican member on the three committees looking into this and these hearings are about to go public, what's your strategy? Uh, well, there really isn't a strategy right now. The oh, strategy, refreshing. The, <laughs> the strategy initially was just to attack the entire format of this investigation up until now, having been behind closed doors and uh, you know, done in a way where they couldn't call witnesses. Now that's moving to a public phase. The president didn't like that approach. The president doesn't want the, the process attack. Now he wants himself defended because as he thinks his call is a perfect call that he had with the Ukrainian president. So there really isn't any kind of strategy. I think many members, uh, certainly in the Senate, where they'll have to be jurors, are just basically trying not to comment on it and saying they're, they're a juror, they're going to review things. So um, it's, it, it's not very coordinated is a short answer. Greta, you wear many hats. One of them is lawyer, attorney. And I've also covered the Clinton. And, and, lived, the and, Clinton. and I was alive yeah. for the Nixon. And so as we head into next week with these public hearings just around the corner, what would you be if you what would you be advising Democrats and Republicans if they're a member of the committee for the show, the circus that's coming to town next week? Well, first of all, um, we haven't heard from any of these witnesses directly, and we've only gotten leaks. And if it's something favorable to the Republicans, you know it's from the Republican side. If it's favorable to the Democrats, you know it's favorable. It's um, from the um, it's that it's from the Democratic side. So I think the American people have been somewhat poisoned almost by the telephone game of anonymous sources. I think I would advise Republicans and the Democrats to act civilized, act like adults, to ask questions that are probing. They're not um, going to. That's not going to. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, you, I, you know, no, I know it's not going to happen. But you know, this is this is really grave. The thought of ousting a president, a constitutional mm. uh, part of our constitution, it's it is grave. And so far, everybody has taken sides, and it's not just the American people. But you can go down the list of, of members of Congress. They have made their uh, positions. Uh, no one's. No one is saying, I think I'll wait for the facts or I'll wait to hear everything. 
everyone has taken sides and everyone has demonized each other. You know, yesterday we had Donald Trump Jr. on the program and he was raising the issue, Josh, of the Bidens and in particular that the Bidens relationship with Ukraine and that that might be front and center come these public hearings as as Republicans and the president have raised that issue. And earlier today in the Washington Post, Rachel Bade, Robert Costa reporting that Senate Republicans consider including the Bidens in the Trump impeachment trial. Take a listen to what Senator Lindsey Graham, a Republican from South Carolina, had to say about that. Here he is. I've tried to resist turning the Senate into a circus. I don't want to go after Joe and Hunter Biden because people are mad that Trump's not getting a fair deal in the House. Josh, I bet you know this. The members of the Freedom Caucus, Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, they, they're going to, you know how hearings work up on Capitol Hill. Some of the questions that are going to be out there are going to truthfully illustrate uh, or, or raise questions about the Bidens. And, and now, if you're the Biden campaign, you've got to deal with the tax coming from Elizabeth Warren on Medicare policy saying you're not progressive enough. And now nationally televised impeachment hearings which could play like an attack ad for the Republicans against Joe Biden. Well, let's not forget that the vice president's been dealing with these attacks for the last six weeks. So it's not like he hasn't been front and center and Hunter hasn't been front and center um, in Republican attack lines until now. I think the Republicans are going to do their best to make them a part of these hearings. But at the end of the day, um, I think it's going to be a really narrow scope. And that's going to be a challenge for the Democrats uh, in the House to keep uh, these hearings and to keep the articles of impeachment they'll be put together focus tightly on Ukraine and on obstruction of justice. Josh, where I grew up, a lot of people don't make $50,000 a year. Wisconsin. And I know in, Was in Wisconsin, Appleton, Wisconsin, also home of Rocky Blyer, Harry Houdini lived there, a lot of other people. But anyway, <laughs> Rocky, <laughs> but I, you know, where I, you know, $50,000 is a lot of money. And he was, and Biden's son, Hunter, was making $50,000 a, a month. month. The, and now it, I don't think it's illegal, but it certainly is unseemly. And it certainly does reflect poorly on Hunter Biden. And his father says he didn't know anything about it. But I think this hurts the Biden campaign. I mean, people who are sort of on the fence, should I vote for this Democrat or another Democrat? Um, you know, Vice President Biden, you uh, couldn't find a nicer guy in Washington. But I think this $50,000 a, a month is not helpful to his campaign. I tried to press Don on this yesterday, but Greta, do you think there's going to be pressure or do you think one of the things that might start to come up is whether or not President Trump releases the transcripts of the calls between Biden and Zelensky? I don't know if they'll be released, but I'm waiting for Zelensky's side of the, this equation to release the complete transcript. Because remember, we only have a memorandum of the July 25th uh, conversation. We do not have the complete transcript. And I'm a little bit suspicious that the Ukrainians, <laughs> that they recorded it and that they have a full transcript. So I'm waiting for that. All right. Coming up, we're going to dive into the numbers. Upset, upset in last night's Kentucky gubernatorial race. Democrat Andy Bashir, the apparent winner in Kentucky's governor race, is that a blow to President Trump? Plus the latest politics on 2020 panel stays. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, not from Appleton, Greta, from Delco. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli. My guests are the one and only Greta Van Susteren, Josh Galper, and Ryan Williams. 
Uh, thrilled to have everybody here. Let's start with last night. We got to talk about last night because there were some major races in in uh, in, in the governorships and and in K- Kentucky Attorney General. We'll start in Kentucky. Kentucky Attorney General Andy Bashir pulled off. An apparent upset, that's what NBC News is calling it, Tuesday night over Republican incumbent Governor Matt Bevin. Now, remember, folks, President Trump was campaigning in Kentucky for Governor Bevin just the night before. Now, I was talking to sources today who were telling me, hey, you know, there was Bevin had some problems. You know, he was perceived as being a bit corrupt, to put it mildly. Uh, and he tried to nationalize the race, but it didn't work. <clears throat> they were looking at down-ballot races and they, they, in Kentucky, and they, they found some glimmers of hope. But then head to Virginia. Here in the Virginia state legislature, Democrats flipped both chambers. Both chambers. Now Democrats have complete party control for the first time in years. And, of course, in Mississippi, uh, the Republican Governor Tate Reeves, uh, Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves, the Republican apparent winner, in uh in that race Greta what do you make of uh, are these bellwethers or are, are we political junkies reading too much into into last night well I think the governor in, in Kentucky was very unpopular with his uh, people in, in Kentucky although the president uh, president tweeted uh, had the had he had he won as governor been reelected the president would have taken credit for it he's certainly not taking credit for the loss um, he takes credit <laughs> for the uh, race in Mississippi um, now I think Virginia's fascinating because they have an opportunity now they've got the Democrats have have the entire uh, field. And are they going to get in gun control fast? Are they going to do that quickly? I mean, they can do a lot of things as Democrats and show basically the rest of the country what Democrats will do if elected. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of pressure on, on Virginia. If you, Josh, I mean, just as, as we stare down now a couple of months out until the Iowa caucus, uh, and we know Greta's going to be interviewing one of those contenders, Pete Buttigieg, uh, this week on her show. Uh, if you're Biden, if you're Buttigieg, Sanders, Warren, and you're looking at last night, what are you gleaning from from those numbers? Yeah, I think there are a couple of red lights on for both parties. The first, just for Trump um, and the Republicans, you're, you're looking at moderates in suburbs who helped to turn this election for them, especially when you look at Kentucky, and I think that's meaningful. And I think that the Republican Party is worried about this, and you're seeing this in the journalism today coming out of the election. On the Democratic side, I think it's really important to look at how Bashir won. How do you win? That's and, important. Well, let's, let's talk about the issues and how he won on the issues, because it, it really reflects on where the Democratic Party is and where the energy is right now. We think of Bernie Sanders, you think of Elizabeth Warren, um, and that, that end of the party. But you were talking about um, you know, making sure that health care is not taken away from people. You're talking about making sure the teachers' pensions are protected um, and that education is invested in. And you're talking about reproductive uh, rights. I mean, those are, those are bedrock kind of you know, center-of-the-road issues. Uh, and the way he approached it was centrist. And I think it's, it's actually a, a sign that, that that has currency in the Democratic Party. And this could lead to, you know, a return of the centrist in terms of prominence in our, in our party, the Democratic Party, as the primary gets underway. Ryan, Republican strategist, are you hitting the panic button? No. Um, I, the Kentucky governor's race, I think, is a different animal than a federal race. Uh, the governor was very unpopular, Governor Bevin. Um, at the same time that he lost, uh, Republicans actually picked up every other statewide office. They took super majorities in both houses there. Um, I, I think that race was unique to him. That being said, Bevin is a guy that was kind of in the mold of Trump. He was not expected to win his race four years ago. It was an upset win. He was an outsider that kind of was bombastic, came in, sort of like Trump did a little a year later. 
But when he got into office, he really didn't tack to the middle. He didn't kind of calm down and act like a, a statesman, and, and it's cost him re-election. So I think that's a, of concern. But overall, um, if you look at the results, Kentucky went for Republicans pretty uh, pretty well down the ballot, especially for the attorney general. Daniel Kamen, remember that name. He's a future star for the party, first African-American attorney general in state history. You know, the, it's also like the the election is, is a year away, and this is, seems so important and so significant right now. But a year from now, we'll be saying, what race in Kentucky? What race in Mississippi? Look, there there is um – uh, yes, uh, not a not a long memory for voters for sure. Um, <laughs> or and so on today, we're, we're, right, we're trying to read the tea leaves to look ahead, and that's all we can do, right? Um, but at the same time, I think that there are uh, campaigns taking note of the fact that this is validation. If you are a centrist running for the nomination of the Democratic Party, you're looking at the fact that you know this gubernatorial candidate was not trying to remake health policy overall. You know, in which Kentucky. is a good sign for Democrats. I mean, I, I, that's, that's I, a I'm good, thinking that that's yeah. cent, uh, centrist because um, a lot of the sort of the, the candidates for president right now, some of them are running way far left, absolutely way far left, and, and a lot yeah, of. But, the, do, but do we think Warren's going to attack to the middle after seeing this? I don't think so. No, I, I think, I, yeah, I don't think it's about her. I think it's about the the party, uh, the voters looking to the candidates who are centrist and saying, you know what, maybe this is the way to win. You but know, the, I, but how do you do that? Like, you, uh, you have Bernie Sanders saying free college for everyone, and then you've got Senator Klobuchar saying, look, I'd like free college for everyone, but I, you know, but that's impractical. So now nobody wants her. You know, <laughs> Who wants that free college? And because speaking, she's not- speaking of Senator Amy Klobuchar, she just qualified for the December debate, so she has continued to find... See, I think she's, she's going to do a lot better in yep. Iowa than people realize. I think so, too. I think a lot better. And that's a problem for Joe Biden, because because if he does not have a strong showing in Iowa as he's not expected to, but a centrist does, I mean Klobuchar, are Klobuchar votes Biden votes or are Biden votes Klobuchar votes? I mean that's another question. I had my eye on, you know this, Greta. I wake up and I read the Delco Times and the headline. You know what the front page of the Delco Times was? D Day. You know why? Because it was historic. The Democrats swept three county council seats and now have a 5-0 grip. Why does that matter? Because it's suburban Philadelphia, and that is where President Trump overperformed in the last presidential election and was able right, to so carry— this is, this is Pennsylvania bragging about how important it is in the election. Yes, well, wait course. a second. Let's go back let's to go. Wisconsin. I mean, let's, let's talk about Wisconsin. <laughs> that was a 20,000-vote difference, and Hillary Clinton never bothered to visit. That's the this state that's going to—Wisconsin's going to determine who the next you know, president this is. That's what I love about Greta. She's never biased except when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Panel stays. Download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. Greta, we should better refer cheese curds. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. 
Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. There are days work is hard. There are days when you don't know if, what, what the show is going to sound like today. Not one of those days because we've got three of my favorites here in studio. Greta Van Susteren, Josh Galper, and Ryan Williams making my job easy. Not only easy, but I'm learning by watching all three of you. Uh, so let's talk policy. Did you see this? So I, I, this is some bad news, and I'm an optimist, but the IMF, the IMF is warning Europe to make an emergency plan for an economic slump. They're not as optimistic as our central bank, Fed Chair Jay Powell. Who I went to law school with. You went to law school with Jay Powell? Yeah, he was in my class. Was he? How, a- who, everyone says, well, he's like, I, refer, I, refer, I always say he's a nice kid. He was a really nice kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was, that. he was a nice kid. Was he, like... You know, Fed chairs and, and, and like Janet Yellen, I can't imagine them as kids because they're so serious and they talk in monotone. <laughs> but was he always that, like like the Fed minutes? You well, know? He, ca- he came to Georgetown Law School having come from Princeton. So he had sort of an aura from the rest of us who came from public schools. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was, he, was, he was a very nice guy. Was he was a, fun. There was a really great article, I believe, in the journal or the post about his wife being on a, a local oh go- the dog park the dog park oh. yes that's His probably that's in my neighborhood that's poor wife oh yeah wow so oh, yeah. how can very we get business out of this so <laughs> is this a business deal this no, was no, she was very involved now. and i'm blanking and i shouldn't have mentioned it because i'm blanking on the details but she was very yeah. involved in the dog well she's like the mayor she's like the mayor of this little community yeah it's a it's and, amazing and it's story. a thankless job it's a thankless job i, I you know I felt, I felt sorry for her. i read the whole story though. i read the whole story and loved it yeah and there was there was a follow-up too and it's it's terrible that dog park is now gone it is wow. terrible. yeah and but it, was, the economy? it was very popular brought the community together but it's now gone. it's gone. But yes. the economy nationally doing well, but not in Europe. And Germany stuck to its stance. That how's that for a pivot? And and Germany has well a done. big weekend, a big week coming up. Thirtieth anniversary of the wall going down. I'll yes, add that. That's right. yes, that's right. Yes, but there, so the International Monetary Fund urging Europe to come up with some emergency plans. And we talk so much about global volatility and whether or not the economy domestically here in the United States is doing well. We often you can't look at the the U.S. economy in a vacuum. It's so much impacted by what's going on in Germany, in Asia, obviously, as well. And I was at the White House earlier today for Bloomberg Television reporting on the Reuters scoop where the Trump-Xi trade summit may have to go to December now uh, because it was supposed to be in Chile, Cerulean Chile, no longer, because the protesters <laughs> have... <laughs> the protesters uh, uh, had the, some security concerns, so that's not going to happen. And, and President Trump had floated that it might be elsewhere, but we might have to wait till December in order to, to get phase one of that deal completed, Greta. Uh, yes, and look, this is interesting. I used to interview Donald Trump years and years and years ago, almost, almost every week or two weeks when I was at the Fox News Channel, and it's long before we even, we even contemplated that he would run for president. And you'd be talking about the weather and say, isn't it nice outside on the air? And he'd say, China's ripping us off. I mean, he was obsessed. Mm-hmm. We used to always, and you know, it's, we used to always say before in planning, like, how are we going to? If the discussion is about 
Saudi Arabia, how do we get Trump not to talk about China? He's always been concerned with U.S.-China relations, and so this is not something new since he's become president. Um, and uh, he wants that meeting because he wants to handle that trade uh, trade issue. And, of course, you've got the problem with the Iowa farmers and, and their expectations. So, it so it's a lot going on with trade. Right. When you talk to businesses and CEOs just about the importance of phase one, Wall Street dipped on this news about their being uh, a delay in this. They don't want to see these tariffs December 15th go into effect. How important is it to provide not just political certainty from the conservative perspective, but also economic certainty heading into the 2020 calendar year that phase one get completed by the end of the year? It's very important. Uh, there's nothing that Wall Street hates more than uncertainty, and there's been certainly a lot of uncertainty in this administration on various things. The China issue being one of the biggest. Uh, it looked like we were on on track for something this time finally, but now obviously with the meeting being canceled, with other developments, it just puts the uncertainty back into the equation, and um, that's not. I don't think that's good for the president. Fold, fold into it the government shutdown November twenty first. <sighs> impeachment shutdown. There's just more uncertainty, and, and I think it, it gets and, people jittery. And those hearings, I know. Oh my gosh. The hearings are set to begin right around the time of their potentially but being the, you another know, the government market, shutdown. The market hasn't seemed to react to the impeachment. No, it hasn't which reacted is, at I mean, all. It's, it's like a separate drama. It's all it's like a Shakespearean aside that this <laughs> is going on and the actors are talking like the audience isn't there. But you it's know because what I they think do most, react? most people think that, that he's just going to stay. I mean, Well, given, you can't get 20 Republican senators right. probably. It, it so. looks completely but, unlikely. But the but the government shutdown. That's where it reacts. And, and that, you know, that's where it reacts. And the trade issues, that's where it does react. So, I mean, while we are consumed with the impeachment, there's a lot going on that could affect our economy. And that's what I'm reminded of every single day on Bloomberg Television. You have literally seen zero reaction in the markets on any of the releases of the transcript. Coming up, what's on the panel's radar? Download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. Some breaking news to tonight. Former Attorney General Jeff Sessions to announce his bid for the Alabama Senate seat Whoa. on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Our panel reacting, Greta Van Susteren, Josh Galper, and Ryan Williams. He's well, back, that, Greta. That explains why he was speaking at a, some small Republican organization in Georgia recently, or in yes. Alabama recently, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama recently, and he had praise for President Trump, who had fired him, <laughs> so and, and who had belittled him. So now uh, it looks like he's going to have Trump or Trump's inside the tent, or he's inside Trump's tent. I don't know which. I mean, I'm not an expert in Alabama politics, but I'm. Yeah, it should be a relatively easy win for him. I don't think so. No, it's wow. a, it's a pretty wide field. You've got um, Coach Tupperville in the race, Congressman Bradley Byrne. You've even got Roy Moore. I think he's going to get pounded by by Trump. Uh, the president does not like him. And uh, but but he came out for the president, which was unusual. It I thought it, I don't. He he's one of those guys that Trump has just never let it go. Yeah, but but okay. President Trump also has his job up next, and, and so is he going to be able to focus on well, uh, settling he, the score? And remember, remember, Sessions was the first the uh, first, first person first senator to endorse Trump. Trump. It, 
it, that doesn't matter anymore to him. Yeah, there's, but there's with like, all due respect, Rye, my friend Ryan Williams, we've seen the president go back and forth. I know, back but there's forth, tweet, for whatever tweet. reason, there's a few people who he's never gone back and forth on. It's been Sessions, Bannon. They're they're permanently in the doghouse. And I, I think that the president would like to stick it to him on this one. All right. And then John Roberts, our friend John Roberts over at uh, Fox News, uh, tweeted out earlier today from a senior administration official, Pam Bundy and Tony Sayeg. Remember Tony from the Treasury Department? Tony Sayeg are expected to join the White House communications team to work on proactive impeachment messaging and other special projects. I've known Pam Bundy since she was a prosecutor in Hillsborough County, Florida, about 25 years ago. I've been on TV when we were prosecutor and defense attorney and uh, i've known her for years and tony was the driving force behind the messaging of the uh tax the tax bill uh that went through so from taxes to impeachment i guess trey gowdy's on the outs he's uh, not gonna make I think this he could get a conflict he couldn't do it yeah. well the unfortunate cool thing off. though is that when that whole thing broke he lost his contract at With uh, fox, fox. Yeah, yes so He's sort of, I mean, that was sort of a lousy situation for him. This is also six weeks too late. I mean, they should have been <laughs> yeah. planning this really for the last, you know, month and a half and even a couple of years. Just think of the, the six weeks that we have ahead. Just not to, not to, if you're driving in your car on your way home from work, drive safe because don't swerve off the road. Because you've got a potent, the, the, the public hearings start for the impeachment. Oh, yeah, maybe a shutdown. But the best thing about the shutdown is it's up against Thanksgiving and all those lawmakers want to go home. So maybe there won't be. And then the prospects are the finalization potentially of the U.S.-China phase one. Huh. Well, I, you know, the shutdown, I think, is a little bit of a, a risk for the, you know, for the country because I don't think, I don't think Trump is going to sign whatever they do pass mm -hmm. if there's no money for the wall. Remember, you know, he's, he's, ma he's made those state, you know, he's now, he made a lot of promises when he ran for president. One of them was help was to bring Bob Levinson home from Iran, the former FBI uh, agent who's missing in Iran. And just the other day, they announced a $20, $20 million um, reward to help lead to his return. So Trump is now, now making sure that he's going back to all his old promises. And that wall is sticking with him. You also can't separate that from impeachment. It's all going to be bound up uh, in a big mess. A big mess. That's a good word for it all. Uh, all right, time now for my favorite segment, What's on the Panel's Radar? And Ryan Williams is going first because Greta Van Susteren just called him out and pointed to him. That point is like at a well restaurant. Start, start at that side of the table. For the Here's the menu. Go ahead, Ryan. What's on your radar? Uh, well, look, I attended an event today uh, hosted by a number of different groups, IBM, Interpool, um, Stop human, tra human Trafficking, to unveil a new tool to help track and, and try to stamp out human trafficking using artificial intelligence. And I think when many people think about artificial intelligence, they think about trying to sell you ads or track what you're doing or your behavior. But this was a really interesting use of, of, the, of technology to stop a real global problem um, by analyzing news on the Internet, tweets, bank records, transactions to try to stamp it out. And Preach. I thought it was, it, was, it was a very interesting use that people don't really think about with uh, artificial intelligence. And kudos to IBM and others for developing this. I have this. two follow-up questions. Is there, a, is there a legislative role here where they, where they would need a, a piece of legislation or encouragement? public-private partnership type of thing? No, it just needs the, the buy-in of, of you know financial institutions, and there were some there. Then you need law enforcement. That We had uh, Cyrus Vance there today, the district attorney from um, Manhattan. You had huh. Ambassador Richmond, the, 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 the chief um, human trafficking uh, official at the State Department. So it was a wide Tell group of people to coming together. Program, together. Right. Absolutely. Because, you know, that's important. And we were t this isn't really a question, but it's, it's, it's a point. Uh, it, when it comes to gun Gun reform, you know, wherever you are on that debate, we've talked about this every time there's been one of those horrific tragedies. Artificial intelligence is something that could really, 
really get the support of both parties. And it's applicable. The same tools that they're doing to stop human trafficking could be applicable to, to, to seeing who these people are that do these horrific tragedies. So, you know, there's a lot to be done there. And they already do it for terrorists. So that's a good one, Ryan. Thanks for that. Josh, what's on your radar? On my radar is a piece of legislation that was just introduced <coughs> by two uh, members of Congress from Silicon Valley, the cradle of tech and innovation, uh, Anna Eshoo and Zoe Lofgren. They've introduced a bill, very meaty bill, something like 132 pages, to create an agency to protect consumer uh, privacy rights. Wow. So all of the apps that we use, all the tech we use, we, you know, the, the assumption is that nobody really knows where that data is going. Are we really giving uh, informed consent? All the problems we've read about on the front page over the last many, however many years, they want to have an agency to be that watchdog, take it, you know, out of the FTC and create this new freestanding agency. People are calling it dead on arrival, that it won't pass. I say there's going to be a lot of conversation about this bill, and it's going to help supercharge efforts to, do you to look think, at privacy for Do Congress. you think that uh, that that there are are there other other countries that have a similar uh, agency in the, their government? There are definitely other other countries that that have privacy as a central role of looking out. Because um, we don't for, have that. No, we don't have a federal privacy law. We don't. Oh, and and oh. you know, actually, business wants that. Business wants to know what the rules are. It's, it's interesting because I was literally earlier today uh, at the arena stage, there's a show playing called The Right to Be Forgotten, and it won a bunch of awards a couple of years ago, and it's all about uh, an individual's right to be forgotten yeah. on the internet and whether or not culturally that should be a, a, applicable. And that's a conversation they've been having in Europe for years. Not only conversation, it's there, right? Uh -huh. And in California too, to a certain extent. And, and, and even beyond my final point on that would just be when you, when you think of the socioeconomic divide on that, how the wealthy are able to be forgotten online, but uh, other folks aren't. There's a lot of interest in cultural implications. Greta Van Susteren, Speaking what's on what's on, Well, actually, I was going to ask whatever happened to Kim Jong-un, but, uh, but you brought up the whole <laughs> privacy thing. Is the uh, congresswoman from California who resigned, talked about what goes on the Internet, and you know, she's the revenge porn or whatever, but... I still don't understand why people are putting naked pictures of themselves on the internet. You know, just, we have not mentioned not, that story once on air. But I know. But <laughs> no, no, no. But it's it only, it only be because I, I was going to talk about Kim Jong Un and like how come like no one's paying any attention while he's doing all this testing, but. Um, you know, we live in very strange times. We do. Why right. they're still putting them on? They still, and yeah, still right? putting, and I mean, and also a little, apparently a little older people. I mean, at least one thing you know, with the younger people. <laughs> we had a, what was the congressman in Texas that went down? Uh, I don't know. Folks. <laughs> this is this show is deteriorating, Kevin. This show is totally you know, deteriorating. We end with we we, we begin with the with the recollection of, of Greta and and uh, getting sick. I'm never being invited back. <laughs> no, you're welcome anytime. All right, you know what's on my radar? Here, yeah. I thought I was going to end on a positive. Uh, uh, did you guys see this? Seth Meyers' Netflix comedy special now has a button for the skip President Trump jokes. Did you see this? Yeah. So when you when you watch Seth Meyers on Netflix, he, he gave an interview to CNN Business. When you watch Seth Meyers, you know it says like when you're binge watching like Friends as I do, and then it, and it says skip the intro. Now they're going to have the button that says skip. <laughs> I'm not making it up. Skip President Trump jokes. Because he wants to, I guess, have Republicans watch his comedy routines, but he understands that, I guess, some Republicans don't want to see them do that. So you can skip, you can skip ahead of the Trump jokes, Greta. Your, I, <laughs> your quick take on that? Uh, I, we live in strange times. We live in strange we live times. In strange Indeed. Time. Indeed. You know what? Uh, 
That's all I could say. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank everybody uh, for making the time for us. Ryan Williams, Republican strategist, executive vice president at Targeted Victory. Josh Galper, co-founder and partner of public relations firm Trident DMG and the law firm Davis Goldberg and Galper. And of course, Greta Van Susteren, my good friend and chief national political analyst for Gray Media, host of Full Court Press with Greta Van Susteren. Congratulations on the success of that show. I have to say, I am not surprised. I Down- you going to say you haven't seen it. <laughs> I've been on it. <laughs> Download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than a destination. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all. All of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel Financial Advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.